We love you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you in this place, oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I want to take a moment and thank everyone for the kindness uh, in pastoral appreciation uh, this past Sunday night. And I uh, felt very, you know, sometimes I, I read some of the cards, especially from the uh, Sunday school classes. And I wondered who they were talking about. I don't think they were talking about me, but uh, it's very sweet and very kind and uh, uh, very special. I love all of you very much and give honor to my pastor. You know, my son said the other day, he's talking about preaching and they get into a habit on the way to church. They'll say, "Is it, are you preaching tonight, dad, or is grandpa preaching tonight? And, uh, the other night I said, well, it's going to be, it's going to be me tonight. And he said, oh, man. And I said, what do you mean, oh, man? And he said, well, Grandpa preaches a little bit better than you do. And I said, oh. I said, why? He said, well, he tells more good stories than you do. And he's funnier than you are. And I said, well, I can't argue with that. So, but I'm thankful that my children have a hero like their grandfather to look up to. Amen. And uh, the other day I was, I was pouring cereal for, for Julia and I poured the milk in and she, she looked at me and she said, uh, you don't do that as good as grandma does. And I thought, uh, I can't even pour cereal as good as grandma. You're really in bad shape when you can't even pour the milk as good as grandma. So I thank God for the ministry in our lives and for each and every one of you. I want to I want to talk to you tonight about the symbolism of the cross, the symbolism of the cross. And uh, we're going to look at some scriptures. But before we're seated and before we uh, go into uh, our the meat of our lesson tonight, I want to ask us to just, you can lift your hands, you can shout, stand, run. I don't care what you do, but whatever you have to do to be authentic and genuine before the Lord, could we take a moment and thank him for Calvary? Could we do that? However you feel to express that. Lord, I thank you for the cross. I thank you for your blood that was shed for me. Lord, I, I'm not worthy of one drop of your blood. I'm not worthy of one one nail that went in your hand or, or one thorn that pierced your brow, God. I'm not worthy, but I thank you. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for being the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. The symbolism of the cross. The cross is... Uh, certainly, and I'll take you to the next slide. The cross is certainly the uh, most recognizable symbol of Christianity because indeed uh, the cross is central to everything that we stand for as the church of God. Uh, without a cross, there would be no church. And without a cross, 
We would, uh, well, none of us here would be able to really fellowship with God because we're Gentiles. And without a cross, we would, uh, if we were uh, going to have any kind of relationship with God, it, it would be a bloody business. We'd be bringing animals to be slain on an altar. And uh, we certainly wouldn't be experiencing the power of the Holy Ghost. We wouldn't, uh, we wouldn't be entering into his presence with thanksgiving, we would be entering into even a, a form of his presence, even just a, a taste of his presence would be entered with fear and with trembling. And the cross changed the world forever. It changes, uh, it changes our perspective on the world. And uh, the, the symbol of the cross uh, has come to mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But the cross has a powerful symbolism that I believe uh, we often overlook. A cross is the intersection of the vertical, everyone said up and down, the vertical and the horizontal. Everyone said the horizontal. And for Christians, the cross represents the intersection of the spiritual, the vertical, and the natural, the physical, the horizontal. The, the spiritual and the natural man collide in the symbolism of the cross. It comes together. It touches one another. How many are thankful that we can enter into spiritual things in the New Testament? We are able to experience spiritual things. I'll take you to the next slide, and we'll look at our text in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 24. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, or in other words, if anyone's going to follow me, let him deny himself. Everyone said, that's me. That's me. I've got to deny myself and take up. Why don't we go ahead and just say and take up my cross and take up my cross and follow him. And we want to follow Jesus tonight. And so we often overlook this, this symbol of the cross because uh, in, in modern Christianity, the idea of denying yourself is unpopular because uh, the, the modern view of Christianity is that we follow Jesus for ourselves. In other words, for some, Christianity is just a humanistic version of self-help. I'm, uh, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to get it. But Jesus was clear that following him wasn't just necessarily going to be a life of Lamborghinis and mansions and parties and utopia. Following him was going to be a daily intersection with the vertical and the horizontal, where your flesh is going to collide with the supernatural every day. Every day we have to wake up and make a decision whether or not we are going to pick up our cross and deny our flesh, deny our desires, because uh, the desires of our flesh are not the desires of the spirit. And the natural desires that we're born with as, as fallen creatures, as those who uh, are victims of original sin, victims of the fall. We are born with desires that are not right, not godly, not pure. 
And Calvary, the cross, gives us the opportunity to have our flesh collide with the supernatural. And then the supernatural will crucify our flesh and we can walk in the spirit. How many want to walk in the spirit? You can't walk in the spirit without a cross. It's going to take a daily cross. Every day you're going to have to pick it up and follow Jesus. This means that sometimes the things that we uh, dream about are not things that we are going to be able to have because we're picking up our cross and following Jesus. I know how countercultural this is, but because uh, we live in a society where it's all about my dreams, my desires, my want, my hope. But in reality, as a Christian, it's not supposed to be about your dream, your desire, your hope. It's supposed to be about God's plan for your life, God's plan for the future, God's plan for whatever it is that you're doing. And oftentimes that means we have to lift up a cross and say, I'm going to crucify my dreams today and I'm going to follow after Jesus. I'm going to crucify what I would like to do today because I am choosing to follow Jesus. I know you wouldn't shout with me tonight. That's okay. Because when you preach or teach about picking up a cross, it's not fun. Even Jesus. And, and I'm not trying to be hard on you when I say that. Because even Jesus himself, God manifest in the flesh. Remember, he was fully God and fully human at the same time. How can that be? Just in the same way that he was both a lion and a lamb at the same time. Just in the same way that he is the shepherd and the door to the sheepfold at the same time. He's fully God, fully man. And his humanity in the garden of Gethsemane cried out to the father and said, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. I don't want to have to carry that cross. I, I, I don't want to have to, to go through that brutal experience. But, but Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. That's the daily intersection of the vertical and the horizontal. Every day in some form or fashion, whether it may not be as dramatic, you may not cry Tears as of great drops of blood. But there is going to be a moment every day where your flesh comes into contact with the supernatural, the spiritual. And you're going to have to make a decision. Am I going to allow my flesh to remain alive? Or am I going to allow my flesh to be crucified on this cross so that I can be in touch with what God truly intends for my life? So sometimes that means you're reading the word of God and you come across something that convicts your heart and you don't like what you read because your flesh is fighting against that. And, and your flesh comes into contact with the vertical, the, the spiritual, and you have to make a decision. Will I crucify my flesh on this altar or will I submit to the will of God for my life? It's harder than it sounds. At times it's very hard and and, uh, and, you know, I, I, I hesitate to even say this because I know this isn't going to put me on the top 40 preacher list, but it is, it's not necessarily easy to serve the Lord. Hello. And, you know, I, I think we say this to children because, uh, you know, we want things to be easy and and we live in a world where people want things to be very easy. People are used to things being easy. And so 
It's tempting as preachers and churches and church people and saints to try to present serving the Lord as this very, very easy thing because we want people to be attracted to it. But did you know that's not what Jesus ever did? Jesus never tried to present following him as the easiest thing that you could choose for your life. In fact, he looked at the rich young ruler and he said, what must I do? And he said, you need to go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. Most of you would be out right now. If that was the only way you could be saved, you would be double checking my Bible and leaving and finding another church to double check what I just preached. But Jesus looked at him and said, Jesus didn't say it's going to be very, very easy. Just come follow me. Everything's going to be great. No, he said, you're going to have to go and sell everything that you have. Give it to the poor and then come back. When Jesus looked at Peter, James, and John, he said, you're going to have to, you're going to, have to lay down your nets. You're going to have to leave everything you know. And you're going to have to do it right now. I'm not giving you a 30-day notice. You don't get to put your two weeks in. You don't get to go talk to your counselors and, and get your social club together. You don't even get to go talk to your wives about it. You just need to decide right now, are you going to follow me or not? This is not what someone does who is trying to present following Jesus as incredibly easy. But can I tell you that the more you serve the Lord, the more you begin to appreciate what it means to walk in the spirit. Because you see, as humans, the flesh is what we're comfortable with from birth. But as you grow and mature in your relationship with God, it's no longer all about just how you're feeling in your flesh. Your flesh can have cancer and you can still serve the Lord and love him with all of your heart your flesh can have a heart that doesn't beat properly but you can step into the presence of God and feel your spiritual heart beating with a pulse that is bigger than this world and bigger than what the doctors understand because you can enter in to a place in the supernatural that is bigger than anything you can experience in the physical that's why Pentecostals are famous for saying things like hey when I experience the power of the Holy Ghost. It was better than any drug I ever tried in the world. When I experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, it was better than any alcohol I ever tasted because the supernatural things of God will always be sweeter, will always be more satisfying, will always bring more peace than your flesh could ever produce. That's why, that's why Jesus uh, said things like, what does it profit a man if he were to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Because to gain the whole world, as enticing as that might sound to some people, to gain all the riches, to gain all the pleasures, whatever it is that entices you in your flesh, none of those things compare to what it means to gain the supernatural standing with God where you can enter into his courts with thanksgiving, where you can step into the day of judgment and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Nothing will ever compare to those first steps you take on the streets of gold and you say, I made it. I'm glad I held on. I'm glad I weathered the storm. I'm glad I endured the persecution. I'm glad I endured the sneers of the world and I made it. I picked up my cross every day and it was worth every minute because the natural must die for spiritual reasons. Let me take you two slides. I think we missed one there. Let me take you to the next one. 
So anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me, Jesus said, is not worthy of me. Ooh, that really got you quiet. And anyone who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And Luke, he said, and whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. My disciple. So what does this mean? This means that there are a lot of people who want the benefits of Christ's cross, but they will not pick up their cross. So there are many Christians who want to partake of the spiritual fruit of the cross, but they are uncomfortable and unwilling to die daily on their own cross. And so they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. Did you know that holiness is, is taking up your cross every day? You say, I'm going to, I choose to be modest today. And so I'm going to crucify whatever my sinful desire might be or whatever the culture is pressing me to do. But I choose to do what God is calling me to do. And so today I'm picking up my cross. What are you doing? The, the physical is meeting at the horizontal crossroads with the supernatural. And you're deciding which is going to win. And every time you allow your flesh to win, you move a little further away from being able to feel the touch of the Holy Ghost. I'm helping somebody tonight. Every single time you allow your flesh to take the preeminence over the spiritual, you are moving further and further away from the presence of God. You remove yourself from the covering of the blood. And so we see this all the time. We see Christians who they, they want the benefits. They want to feel the chill bumps. They want to speak in tongues. They want the blessings of God. They want the favor of God. They certainly want to go to heaven. They certainly want to be able to feel all the feels of being a Christian. And yet they are not willing to deny their flesh and be what God has called them to be. And, and I can't just put it all on them because we have a host of preachers today, even in our own movement, who refuse to preach the old-fashioned yet true doctrinal message that you must pick up your cross every single day. I know I'm not preaching rainbows and butterflies to you tonight, but we've got to remember that we are obligated to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. If we refuse to do it, we're not worthy of him. Now, I can feel it in my spirit because some of you feel, you don't mean to, but when I say that, you feel offended at me because it sounds very politically incorrect. But let me just put it right here and, and, and can I just, I'm going to let you read it so you can be offended at the Bible for yourself. Matthew 10, 38, you go ahead and read it out loud. A little frustrated with yourself? It's the word of God. 
You know, when preachers begin to play with the word of God, they're in a lot of trouble. It can be tempting to preach what people want to hear. I could make a lot more money preaching what people wanted to hear. I could have a bigger crowd. But you notice I didn't say a bigger church. I said a bigger crowd. Because there's a difference between a church and a crowd of people. And I want to be a part of the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Next slide. The vertical. Now look at the cross for a moment. The vertical, the spiritual, is longer than the horizontal, the physical. Signifying the importance of spiritual things over natural things. Now, are you trying to say that the physical doesn't matter? Absolutely not. I plan to eat Zaxby's after church tonight. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Physical things matter. Physical things matter. And uh, there's a danger of an imbalance. If, if you, uh, there, you know, there's an old saying, you can be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. And that's a true danger. People become that way. I, I think more often people become so earthly minded that they're no heavenly good. But, but it is true that you can become imbalanced and, and you forget that the physical is important. That's why we have things like a food pantry, because we understand that people have real needs. How many have a real need, a physical need tonight? We have physical needs. God cares about our physical needs. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed out begging for bread. I've never seen God fail one of his children. I've never seen God leave one of his children absolutely in despair. God will always take care of the needs of his children. How many can testify by waving your hand that God has provided for you? He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the provider. Uh, when, when they were wandering in the wilderness, he sent manna from heaven. He loved them so much. He cared about their physical needs. He dropped manna from the sky. He sent water spewing from a rock because he loved them and cared for their physical needs. If you're hurting in your body tonight, as many of you are, I'm hurting in my body tonight. God cares about your physical need. Amen. God cares for your physical need. But your spiritual needs are far more important than your physical needs. Think about for a moment how important to you your physical needs are. How desperate you feel. Anybody ever been hungry before? I mean, I don't mean like you missed lunch hungry. I mean like hungry. Everyone should because we just had a two-day fast. So if you didn't raise your hand, no, we, no, I'm kidding. Been really hungry before. The desperation that you feel. I, I remember one time I'd been on a, on a five-day fast. And uh, did something really foolish, decided to break the fast at a buffet. That's about the dumbest thing you can do, is go to a buffet after a really, really long fast. And uh, Sister Taylor can tell you, my mom can tell you, my brother can tell you, pastor can tell you, I don't really run for anything. I might run at church, but 
I'm a slow-moving person. I just am. I told Sister Taylor the other day, I'm going to be in supersonic speed to get there. And she said, you don't have a supersonic speed. And pastor's the opposite because he doesn't have anything that isn't a supersonic speed. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm like my Grandpa Smith. I'm just kind of a, I'm a mosier, you know. And if, I, if I'm in a store, I'm going to mosey through the store. And I don't like people trying to rush me either. It really bothers me when people try to rush me. And, uh, but I was finishing this fast, and I was so hungry. I literally felt so desperate that I jumped out of my car, and I ran so I could get to the front of the line of the buffet. <laughs> because my, my physical need felt incredibly strong. Do you know why we sometimes run in the house of God? Because our spiritual need is so great. Mm. We recognize the importance of our spiritual need. And so we are, we are responding to the presence. Yo, what are you running for? I'm running into the presence of God. Where are you going? I'm running to the mercy seat. Where are you going? I'm running towards the fountain of living water that will never run dry. Where are you going? I'm trying to take another sip of the fountain that flows. Halaboshatataya. And so our, our, our spiritual needs are far greater. And yet, and, and we know this. I think I'm not saying anything that's earth shattering to anybody here tonight. But we don't always act on what we know. So we know that our spiritual need is great. And so we would never, ever skip a meal, but we'll skip church. There's folks who would never skip their afternoon snack, but they're not going to prayer for nothing. Because they don't recognize the urgency of their spiritual need. They'll run to fun night. We'll pack it out on fun night. And uh, if there's a bouncy house and food being given out, listen, you start giving out free food at church and everyone and their mama and their mama's mama and their mama's mama is going to be at church because they recognize the importance of their physical need and their physical pleasure. But you start talking about having a prayer meeting and fasting and sacrificing and picking up crosses and all of a sudden everyone's missing in action because they have forgotten the symbol of the cross that the vertical is greater than the horizontal. I I need more of the spiritual and less of the natural. I need more of Jesus and less of me. I need more of God and less of my flesh. That is the message of the cross. Final slide. Final slide. Romans chapter 8. And I'm closing. Romans chapter 8 and verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. We're obligated. Everyone said obligated. But not to the flesh. The worldly carnal, sinful desires, the fallen human nature to live after or according to the impulses of the flesh. For if ye live after or according to the flesh, ye shall what? You'll die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify, and said kill, literally to kill the sinful deeds of the body, ye shall live. Ye shall live. Life. Now, I don't have time to go into a deep study. Of course, we know that we're all going to, we're all, it's appointed unto man, but once to die. Amen. We're all going to die a, a, unless the Lord comes and that final church is lifted up. But we're all going to, to die an earthly death. Certainly, this isn't what Paul is referring to, just, to just 
physical death. He's talking about the spiritual. He's talking about spiritual death, just like uh, Adam and Eve when they ate of the fruit, you know, uh, when they didn't die instantly. I'm sure it occurred to them, well, God said we'd surely die. And yet they're still living. And here they are. They've done exactly what God told them not to do. And they're still alive. And, and it's that same feeling that many people have today when they taste of sin and they think. Heavens didn't split open. Do you remember when you were a kid? I don't know if you grew up in Sunday school like I did. But, you know, I grew up anytime I did something bad, I kind of halfway looked to heaven for a lightning bolt, you know. If you grew up hearing about hell and the end times and all that like I did, every time you did anything, you just felt like the earth was going to split wide open. Sometimes I thought it was going to swallow me up. One time I talked back to my mom and I literally waited for the, the, the house to split open so I'd fall down into the pits of hell. Praise the Lord. And you realize over time that Things don't necessarily change in a way that you can see with your eyes. God's not going to strike you dead. But death did enter into the world just as sure as I'm standing here. We know it because we see death every day. It entered into the world. And when we sin, there is a death, a spiritual death that takes place in our hearts and in our lives. And that death begins to reign in our lives. And so uh, when, when you're living in the flesh, you're constantly a slave to this sinful death that's taking. Your soul is dying. Your soul is literally losing its right place with God. And when you, but when you kill, listen, the deeds of the flesh, you, you think you don't have to do anything. All you have to do is have a mental ascent and believe that God is. No, you've got to do some things. And you're going to have to do it with your flesh. You're going to have to crucify some things in your flesh. You're going to have to subdue some things in your mind, sir. Are you hearing me preach tonight? There's some things in your mind you're going to have to subdue. There's, there's some attitudes that you're going to have to subdue. There's some spirits. There's some, there's some generational curses that you're going to have to shake out of your life. And there's some things that are passed down from the wickedness of your own father. And you're going to have to shake it out of your life. And you're going to have things that you long for. Your father was an alcoholic and you long for alcohol. You're going to have to subdue some things in your flesh and pick up your cross and follow after Jesus. It's a daily decision. Stand with me. I'm closing. It's a daily decision. Every day we're moving through life, walking as it were in the natural, what I can touch what I can see, what I can taste, what I can hear. And if we're not careful, these become the priority in our lives. But God has called us to move beyond our senses and to crucify the carnal and step into the eternal. Today thou shalt be with me. In paradise. Today. Lift up your hands. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Lord, help me to crucify my flesh. The wrong thoughts of my mind. Lord, the evil that would try to encroach in my soul, in my spirit. 
I pray that we would walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, Lord. I pray that we would desire the good gifts. I pray that the gifts of the Holy Ghost would operate in this church, the gifts of the spirit. I pray that the fruit of the spirit would operate in this church, God. I pray, Lord, that we would never be satisfied with carnal church, with dry church, Lord. I pray that we would never be satisfied with going through the motions, Lord. I pray that we would never be self-righteous and believe that just because we show up, we're what we ought to be, Lord. I pray that we would be willing to crucify our flesh. I pray that we would never fall into the trap of believing that we can be spiritual without prayer. I pray that we would never fall into the trap of believing that just because we show up at church, we're right with you, Lord. I pray that we would understand that we are going to have to carry our cross daily and follow after you. I pray we would never believe the lie that we can serve you on Sunday and Wednesday, but not the rest of the week, Lord. I pray that we would daily carry our cross, Lord. I pray that we would never believe the lie that we can live according to the lusts of our heart and our carnal thinking but Lord I pray that our minds would be transformed that our hearts would be made new that our spirits would be clean and right and pure and it only comes to the cross God and our cross is only effective because of your cross Jesus and we thank you for the blood that made all of this possible Lord the blood that never loses its power The blood that cleanses us, Lord. The blood, oh God, that was shed for me on Calvary, Lord. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. I thank you for it, Jesus. We praise you, God. We praise you, God. Amen. Amen. Brother Lucas got a report that his lungs are perfectly clear. I think somebody ought to... Clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a need in your body, would you throw up your hand right now? We've, we've had a time in the spirit. If you have a need, this would be a great time for us to let the physical meet the vertical. Could we lift up our other hand and could we begin to pray right now? Lord, we've entered into your presence, God. We have, we have internalized your word. We have crucified the flesh today. And I pray now... That our flesh would collide with the supernatural. And I pray that our sickness, our infirmity would be washed in your blood. By your stripes we are healed, God. And I pray, Lord, that, that our finite humanity would collide with your supernatural power tonight. Heal your people, God. Minister to them, Lord. Reach down into their bodies and bring healing, I pray. Lord, every chronic pain, Lord, I plead the blood over it right now. Every reoccurring pain, oh God, I plead the blood of Jesus upon it, Lord. I pray, God, that our doubt would be crucified, that our fear would be crucified, and that we would come into contact with your miracle-working power. 
If you believe God can do it, I wish you'd just clap your hands to him tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, amen. God bless you. You're dismissed tonight. Greet some folks. Tell them you're glad to see them in the house of God.